Good evening, and thank you for joining us for Episode 7, Part 3 of our Grinch series, where this week we're going to be looking at Titus chapter 3, verses 1-7, through 7, and it's going to be all under the question of how do we not be a Grinch this Christmas. So again, our scripture today is going to be Titus chapter 3, verses 1-7, through 7, and it's going to be read out of the voice. And remind them of this. Respect the rulers and the courts. Obey them. Be ready to do what is good and honorable. Don't tear down another person with your words. Instead, keep the peace and be considerate. Be truly humble toward everyone, because there was a time when we too were foolish, rebellious, and deceived. We were slaves to sensual cravings and pleasures, and we spent our lives being spiteful, envious, hated by many, and hating one another. And then we get to this incredible verse 4. But then something happened. God our Savior and His overpowering love and kindness for humankind entered our world. He came to save us. Not that we earned it by doing good works or righteous deeds. He came because He was simply merciful. He brought us out of our old ways of living to a new beginning through the washing of regeneration. And He made us completely new through the Holy Spirit. Verse 6. Who was poured out in abundance through Jesus the Anointed, our Savior. And all of this happened so that through His grace we would be accepted into God's covenant family and appointed to be His heirs full of hope that comes from knowing you have eternal life. You see, the main idea of this text is that Christ has given us an opportunity to have a transformed heart, a transformed mind, and as a result, different actions. Because Christ transformed us through the Holy Spirit, we don't have to live with negative attitudes like the Grinch we've been talking about for the last few weeks. There are many things that Jesus has done for us. During this season, we celebrate his birth, his life, and his ministry. In our celebration of Christ, we too sometimes see a different side, and that side is an ugly Grinch-like tendency often found when we look in the mirror. There's another group of Grinch-like characters that we see in the book of Titus, and these people are known as Cretans. Cretans were known in the ancient world to be liars, to be greedy, and to be bloodthirsty. They were the ultimate Grinches of their time. That on their island south of Greece, many men on the island were mercenaries hired out to the highest bidder. Their cities were known to be unsafe, plagued by violence, and even sexually corrupt. In verse 3, Paul lists some ungodly activities and bad attitudes. Just a few are sensuality, envy, and hate. This is where Paul calls them out, and this might have been hard for Cretans to accept for many reasons. One is they grew up with this kind of behavior. They didn't know anything else. On Crete also, many worshipped the god Zeus from Greek mythology, and Zeus was a person that condoned this type of behavior, and Paul was confronting this idea with the person and actions of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, though, for Paul and Titus, they had a problem. Because those in power in Crete claimed to be Christians, but were hurting newly established churches there. That Paul knew that they needed the island of Crete to spread the gospel strategically, as Crete was an island with many strategic ports used all over the Mediterranean. And they couldn't spread the gospel until these leaders were confronted. So Paul and Titus gives qualifications to new leaders, and this is found in Titus chapter 1 verses 5 through 16. They are this, 
Leaders must be mature husbands and fathers. They must be known for their integrity. They must have self-control. And they must be able to teach the good news. This contrasted with the Cretan leaders who demanded circumcision, adherence to Jewish customs and law. And one thing that they didn't talk about a whole lot, and that's they were motivated by money. But Paul highlights that many Cretans acknowledge Christ, but by their lifestyle they deny his teaching. In essence, Paul is saying this, How can you profess Christ if you're motivated by cash in your pocket, sleeping around and you're untrustworthy and a liar? Titus is a great commentary for us all. Paul states that when we do not live out the gospel, we do three things. First, we discredit God's word. Two, we give people the opportunity to accuse Christians of hypocrisy. And three, we make the Christian message unattractive. And this main message of Titus is the gospel must prove itself in the public square. So, the question we must ask ourselves is if we assimilate into culture and look like those around us in action, are we really living the gospel? In Paul's words, his answer is absolutely not. The gospel must be proved in community. And what is the catalyst for changing community and culture? Well, Paul gives us that answer too, and that answer is God's grace. This is the game changer in the story. Grace is what takes Grinch-like attitudes away from you and me and the creations back in the ancient world. Living with the reality that God moved into my neighborhood, lived perfectly, and died in my place changes the story. That's grace. You see, I was the guilty one. You were as well. And collectively, we're guilty. But God died a criminal's death in our place. That grace is this, that when we have a Grinch-like or a Cretan-like attitude, God still loves us and he treats us well. He then expects us to do something that sometimes we have a difficult time with that he expects us to treat each other well as well. And this is the gospel proving itself in community, that I'm not giving others what they deserve because I didn't get what I deserve. In chapter 3, Paul paints a picture of a new society, a new humankind, that our corrupt leaders in charge of this new community, and the answer Paul gives us as well is no, that Christians are, and they happen to be the model citizens. These leaders are full of peace, mercy, and they submit to authority, and they pursue good. Scripture we're investigating today is, in essence, a poem on the gospel. It is a summary of God's goodness and his plan, and it states that the gospel can create a new community and change the world. Crete was picked on because it was the worst of the worst, and if God could transform it, then he could transform our world, right? So let's read Titus chapter 3, 1-7, through from the message with the new lens that we've gained on talking about Cretan culture. Remind the people to respect the government and to be law-abiding, always ready to lend a helping hand. No insults and no fighting. God's people should be big-hearted and courteous. It wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn, covered in sin and ordered every which way by our glands, going around with a chip on our shoulder hating and hating back. But when God, our kind and loving Savior, stepped in, he saved us from all of those things. It was all his doing, and we had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath, and we came out of it a new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured out his new life so generously. 
God's gift has restored our relationship with him and have given us back our lives. And there's more to life to come in eternity. And that ends our scripture. So by Christ coming into our messy world, living perfectly without sin and dying a criminal's death, what does this have to do with Titus chapter 3 and the life that I live today? First, Christ's sacrifice freezes from the list the Cretans lived, living stupid or ordered by glands or going around with a chip on our shoulder. He saved us from all of those things, and that's straight out of verse 5. And what do we get in return for our sinfulness from the Spirit? Well, we get something we don't deserve. We get a new life and a new place in community. We get an opportunity to change our broken world. And this is the good news of the gospel, that God, through his sacrifice, changed the market square. And it's interesting to note, in Cretan culture, the market square was the center of business. Think about the center of business in your world, as God found in that place. Really, the scriptures are telling us today that you and I get to play a part in changing that place, and maybe that would influence other places. That the gospel is accomplished when we're upright, trustworthy citizens who proclaim the good news. And what does this look like? It looks like faithful husbands and wives, loving parents to our children, when we don't lie and steal and don't covet what's not ours, when we combat corruption that we see around us, and when we love our neighbor and love ourselves. The gospel is also accomplished when we feed the hungry or take care of the outcast, when we welcome the displaced or be a friend to the friendless, when we hug the mentally ill and help others not feel lonely. This is the gospel at work. The key to Titus is God is wanting the gospel to be active in changing community. So in whatever context you see tonight, do you see the gospel at work? That's the question. If the gospel isn't changing our world around us, is it really the gospel? You see, back to our Grinch character. Did community ever change the Grinch's heart? In the story, it totally did. The joy of the Who singing, even after all their Christmas presents, lights, tree, had been stolen, they still went out to sing and join hand in hand. And this caused the Grinch to wonder if there was something more to Christmas, that maybe it isn't found in a store, but maybe there must be something more. And in our lives, what if our steadfastness and our integrity caused the world to ask, what if there was more to this Advent season? What if there was more to that person of Jesus Christ? As we wrap up our podcast today, may we contemplate ways to prove our faith in the public square. What would that look like in your world? Because if the gospel is not practical, then it's not the gospel. And this is really what the book of Titus is after, that it has to change our world. Because if it's not, then we're going to get back to those three things that's not good for us. That Paul states that when we don't live out the gospel, we discredit God's word. We give people the opportunity to accuse Christians of hypocrisy and that we make the Christian message unattractive. So which list will we choose tonight? That terrible list of three things or that great list of things that we looked at that were saved from sin and that we get an opportunity and a new place in community to live out the gospel. 
and to change when we love our neighbor and love our families and combat corruption that we see around us. So which will you choose this evening? I hope that you choose the same answer as the Grinch, that you'll lean into community and you'll give it a chance, and that maybe as a result, we really can love those around us. Hope you've enjoyed our episode tonight. If you have any questions, uh, let us know. May God bless you.